0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Hobo Thinga podcast. My name is Crystal Sedino and I am the training and development specialist for the Native Learning Center, one of them. Unfortunately, Wilma was not able to join us today because she's busy working on other fantastic things for Indian Country and the Native Learning Center. So, hey Wilma, (laughs) sorry you're missing this one. Um, But I hope you guys are doing well or as well, as can be expected during this COVID 19 pandemic. Like I said, I'm thrilled that you all could uh, listen in on this one. So, today's topic is food environment during COVID 19. And our special guest, Joseph Kunkel, is back with us. Say hi, Joseph. Introduce yourself. How's it going?
1: Hi there. Thanks for having me back. Excited to be back and talk more. I'm, uh, Joseph Funkel, the A design director at Mass Design Group, a nonprofit architecture firm. I lead a portfolio of Indigenous work serving Indian country here in the States and up in Canada um, more primarily around housing. But we've been working and responding to many of the questions that we've been hearing from our tribal partners. Excited to be here and share what we have learned and and so on. So thanks.
0: Absolutely. All right. So, like um I mentioned earlier, we're talking about food environment during COVID-19. And um as we know, we have uh native businesses that circle their, you know, businesses around food. And as we also know during COVID-19, many restaurants and stay at home orders have been, you know, put in place and restaurants closed and you know, all all this crazy stuff that's going on so I guess my first question for Joseph is going to be how can we be thinking about the effects of COVID on our food systems
1: yeah I mean this is a big issue right you see we saw it at the start of the the pandemic where our grocery stores and our ways in which we purchase food and buy up food were kind of there were shortages all over people were ransacking and going to the grocery stores and buying up all the food in the stores and I think that showed a high demand on consumption on our our food systems, the support network, and it's revealed how fragile or potentially fragile our national food system could be or is. And so I think that made us start thinking more critically about well, how can we break that down and and, and start to prepare for what it looks like when we can start coming back together. We have, uh, so I lead the indigenous uh, work uh, at Mass. And then we also do, we also have a food labs portfolio of work that a lot of my colleagues are intimately engaged in. And so we've been uh, really thinking about ways in which this is going to impact the service industry, the food service industry. It's going to, how this will be impacting farmers. And then really thinking about restaurants and the food trucks, the pop-up system, the pop-up food spaces, and, and just overall. So you'll be able to, those that are listening will be able to kind of go to Mass Design Group's website and download some of the findings that, and strategies for these various issues that we're seeing on our food systems. So yeah, it's it's something that we're intimately engaged in and just really thinking critically about ways of documenting and, and supporting those collaborators uh, uh, that are, <clears throat> are facing these issues uh, head on there on the ground and so on. So yeah, it's uh, it's something that we want to be critically advocating for.
0: So can we, or can you speak on a little bit of um, maybe some of the things that you guys are working on to maybe kind of like counteract what's going on right now? or help with the issue yeah right now as we
1: as we're seeing i mean and uh, while this uh, this directly impacts non-native communities this is also impacting our tribal communities our native communities so i think what we've been really thinking critically about is looking at ways in which these kind of ways that a restaurant people can start opening back up and thinking critically about how they can safely provide food or access food in a way that limit the spread or the the effects of COVID. So ways of what does it mean to be making food and serving food in a sanitized space while also trying to bring that food to those that need it that may be impacted, affected, and so on. So what does that mean? What are those kind of spatial strategies for brick and mortar restaurants? What are those strategies for? And I think as we move to opening up uh, or going back to whatever the new normal is, thinking critically, what does this mean for our food trucks? What does this mean for our Pop up native food providers, those that are that rely on making food, selling food to our populations, those kind of roadside pop up and so on. So, I think in many ways, we're really thinking about what is the role of our built environment, our structured environment to respond to this in a kind of a safe, sanitary, and post pandemic future. So.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to kind of play fortune teller and talk about or try and get the conversation going on what we kind of think the future might look like. Um, Do you have any idea considering that, you know, you you work in the field of architecture and whatnot, you know, we are talking about, you know, how architecture plays a role in fighting COVID-19. So do you have any ideas of, you know, what that might look like, the Mm -hmm. restaurants opening back up and, and whatnot?
1: Many ways we're uh, we we're gonna have to think creatively right. right we're gonna think we're gonna need to be thinking ways in which that that kind of magical number that we keep hearing over and over again keep six feet away from one another, like ways to uh, make sure that we're not we're kind of limiting our connection and, and distancing to one another. so what does it mean to go into a restaurant and not be sitting sitting six feet away from another person and right. understanding? The distance between tables, the distance between people, that's going to impact the density of a restaurant, of a small restaurant, of a big restaurant. And so that's going to potentially mean that you might not be able to have as many tables in a built environment, In in an open environment. It might also think, we might also have to think creatively about how do we maybe uh during the spring and summer months the the warm weather months how do we expand into maybe outdoor spaces or more public realm what does it mean to be designing and and creating space and taking over other spaces that allow us to expand and be be distancing between one another what does that what does that look like and how can we plan for that some of those strategies and then also thinking critically about back of house and front of house, right? How do we think critically about how we make the food, where we make the food, and then how is that then shared?
0: Right. Yeah, Yeah. no, absolutely. And that's actually interesting that you bring that up because, yeah, I mean, like kitchens and stuff like that. I mean, unless you're (laughs) uh, like Gordon Ramsay in Indian country is not, you know, known for having tons of space back there as far as the kitchen Mm -hmm. goes, I mean, like, I'm curious to see, like, how that's going to work, you know, as far as like working, you know, with other individuals and keeping things like clean and safe.
1: Yeah, I mean, for uh, those that might not have access to the various resources that may more well-off or larger, more corporate, bigger restaurants that do have access to capital resources. Your mom and pop shop might have to think critically about, well, if you're making food at home, how are you limiting uh, interaction to those making spaces, those food prep spaces? And then I would be thinking more critically about, well, who are those people that are interacting uh, with the public? What is that public facing person? And then is there a person that is not connecting and and prepping the food in the back of house or prepping it and then, and giving it to a a third person. So the idea of the kind of one man mom or pop shop might have to turn into a a three people serving or have to really be rethinking what that might be looking like uh, in terms of, your food truck, your kind of food pop-up or, or or roadside food stand, you're going to need to be thinking critically about who's the person that's interacting with the public and who's that person in the back of the house preparing the meals uh, and, and limiting their connection to uh, people at large. So you have to think critically about uh, that line works uh, in my mind.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, we've talked about this, you know, food pop-ups. I mean, aside from, you know, what you've already mentioned as far as preparing to kind of like reopen or rethinking like how we or how they, you know, set up and whatnot, is there anything else that you can add for those, you know, those native Mm -hmm. food pop-ups and and whatnot on reopening?
1: I think visual cues tend to help too. While I mean, you might be physically distancing from one another and, and vocally sharing that information. I think, uh, very easily to kind of set up, pick up your food, like creating signage or creating visible cues for one to understand, well, where do I order? Where do I pick up? What are the procedures when I'm kind of coming to your food food stand? Like very easily, I mean, we've seen it in grocery stores, right? And areas that have been open during this pandemic where you see the X's on the mark that demarcates like the six foot line. How do you start to kind of set those visual cues up so that... When a potential client or patron uh, of your food stand come in, they understand what that language might be, or where, where, and how they should be engaging with you in a safe way. So I'd very highly kind of be thinking about how do you create those visual cues that oh, I want to get, I want to go to uh, when this kind of when you when you do open up and you do have a patron that wants to come to your food stands like how. How do you visually communicate as they come in uh, that things are, have changed and we need to be following a new procedure? And this is how you're going to engage with me. So I think those visual cues are very much uh, are, are very important when we're thinking about reopening or or, or or providing these services to the public.
0: Any other suggestions that you might have that you can speak on? I mean, we covered quite a bit.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, again, I just think this is going to this is going to create an what um, we've been coining like the new normal. Like it, we're not going to go back to probably what has been, and this is going to make us really think critically about how we reopen and, and how we serve the population. And it's going to be it's critical, right? It's it's the main ways in which our tribal populations make an income. They uh, and so we in order for our kind of mom and pop shops to survive they we need to be thinking critically about how do we leverage the spaces that we do have and think critically about ways to reopen and and reopen in a safe and healthy way uh, while also providing the opportunities for us to thrive and survive so we're just going to need to be uh, malleable in the coming months and be thinking creatively and how we do recover from this challenge this pandemic so um, I'd say it's we have to stay optimistic we have to stay hopeful and we just need to trust that and and build trust and rebuild trust and 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 allow us to kind of do it in a way that builds community and allows us to kind of just think about what this could be Um,
0: so I was just going to say that too like positivity you gotta stay optimistic and make sure we help each other you know so. yeah
1: we'll get through this together,
0: yeah. and
1: I think it's we have to yeah uh, as I said stay hopeful and and stay optimistic and and move forward in a way that lifts up us all and and just I think the more ways we can be transparent with one another and and supportive like in a way that is productive will be will be the way we get through this together so
0: right, absolutely awesome, well said, thank you so much,
1: oh, thank you, yeah, just happy to be sharing this information and Excited to, and I'm also thankful to the team. Our our team has uh, been doing amazing work, and glad we can share this
0: information. Absolutely, we're we're very happy to have you join us on these podcasts. So you know, tribes helping tribes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's that's our you know basic model. Well, Joseph, how do people get a hold of you or any of the information that you know you kind of spoke on uh, throughout this podcast?
1: Previous material all can be found on our website, massdesigngroup.org backslash COVID response, or you could just go to massdesigngroup.org and click on the role of architecture fighting COVID-19. And you can also reach me directly via email. Uh, My email is J K-U-N-K-E-L at mass-group.org. Uh, feel free to reach out with any questions happy to support where we can so just excited to be uh, sharing this so thank you for the opportunity and and the opportunity to share
0: absolutely all right guys so we're going to go ahead and close out this podcast um we have a few more with joseph so hang tight and if you guys need to get a hold of anyone from the Native Learning Center, specifically me, (laughs) feel free to contact me via email. That's going to be crystalcedeno at semtribe.com. So it's going to be K-R-Y-S-T-A-L-C-E-D-E-N-O at semtribe.com. Thrilled y'all are listening. Hope you guys are doing okay or as best as possible considering the situation and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye now.